Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited that you're here, excited we get to continue this series that we started last Sunday. But before we jump into that, I want to celebrate something that happened yesterday. Pastor Josiah and his team did an outreach at Bridgeport City Park. They did some type of color war event, played some games, invited the community out, had a good time, and then used that opportunity to preach the gospel. And they had seven seven teenagers give their hearts to Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Super exciting. Exciting what God is doing in our church, what God is doing through our church. Great job, Pastor Josiah and the whole youth ministry team for taking that time, just uh, putting that event on. God is so amazing the way he works and just how much he loves people. There was young people that just thought they were maybe going to have a a good time or maybe just thought they were going to go to the park and take a walk and end up kind of getting pulled into what was going on. But God had the whole thing arranged so that they could hear about how much he loves them. God God is amazing. And we want to make sure that we're continuing to allow him to use us. We, we, We did that Help Wanted series. We want to continue to yield ourselves to God so we can lift up the name of Jesus and watch him draw people to himself. Amen. So super excited about that. Seven people whose lives and eternity completely changed. Where they will be in 10 million years is different because of what happened yesterday. So exciting. Very exciting. Well, last week, if you were here, we started a new series that we're calling Hearing God Speak. And that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. We want to develop our ability to know the voice of God and to hear him speak. God wants you to know his voice. God wants you to hear him speak. That's not for the spiritually elite. That's just not for prophets and those kinds of people. It's for God's people. And we talked about how God is speaking, but a lot of times people don't recognize his voice. If you were here, we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3 and how Samuel learned to hear the voice of God that he was a mighty man of God. God used him in amazing ways. He knew the voice of God. God used him to speak his, his messages to his people. But there was a point in time that God was speaking to Samuel, but Samuel didn't understand that God was speaking to him. God was calling him by name standing there with him, saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he would get up and run to the other room thinking someone else was calling him. And he had to learn how to hear the voice of God. So God is speaking to us, but a lot of times we don't recognize it. We don't understand that he's speaking to us. And so last week, what we wanted to do was really take time to stir up a desire to hear God's voice, a hunger, a thirst. God, I want to know your voice or I want to get clear on your voice. I know a lot of people here do hear God speak, but it's something that we can grow in and continue to develop and continue to mature. I've had God speak to me on a number of occasions. I I want to continue to tune my ear. I want to continue to grow in that area. So we want to value the voice of God. That's that's a significant part of it. I'm not going to spend time developing myself in an area that I don't value. We looked at the story of King Solomon when God came to him and said, name it. What do you want? You can have anything. What what would you like me to do for you? And he said, I want want a hearing heart. I want an understanding heart. He valued of everything I could have, God. I want to know your voice. I want to hear you when I speak, when you speak to me. I want to understand what it is you're you're telling me. And I know if I can have that, I'm set. That's the way I feel. I know if I can hear God speak clearly, I mean, what what, what, what could be better than that? You're set for life. In my mind, you're set for life. If you can hear God speak to you, then then you have everything that you need. And the Bible says after, after, Samuel, or after King Solomon made that request that it pleased, it pleased God. Yes. He loved it. Some, somebody wants to know my voice. So he began, he began to bless him. We looked at John chapter three when Nicodemus came to Jesus and was asking him about the kingdom of God. And Jesus said that unless someone is born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. And we talked about the significance of what Jesus was saying. That Yes, salvation is part of that. And making it to heaven is, is a part of that. But in addition to that, he was talking about in order to perceive. 
your powers of spiritual perception to see things in the kingdom of God, you have to be born again, born again to be able to see the things of God and to hear the voice of God. But it also means that if you and I have been born again, that it's our right, it's our, our privilege to be able to hear and be able to perceive. And so we need to learn to develop, to develop it. I, I gave you a memory verse last week. How many of you know your memory verse? Three of you? Kids ministry puts you guys to shame. You have to start offering candy or something. So I gave you the memory verse of Isaiah 50, verse 4. If you didn't memorize it last week, I know a number of you have. Some of you have talked to me about spending time meditating on that. We want to hide God's word in, in our hearts. It's good to, to memorize scripture. The, the last verse you memorized shouldn't have been when you graduated from kids' church and you haven't memorized a verse since. That, that was to get you started and you want to continue to develop after that, not stop developing after that. So we gave you Isaiah 50, verse 4. I won't put anyone on the spot and make you recite it to the class. Trust that you, you did memorize it. But it says that the, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. He awakens my ear. That's the part we want to, to make a matter of prayer. God, awaken my ear to hear, not just to hear, to hear as the learned. I want to hear what you're saying and not be foggy and, and confused on it. I want to hear like a, a disciple, someone who hears and understands what it is that you're saying. It is important that you and I learn to hear the voice of God. It costs people. It costs people. There's a high price for not knowing the leading of the Lord. It, it's a sacrifice. And really, it's a, a, a matter of maturing in the Lord. We don't want to stay uh, Christian babies, immature. We want to develop ourselves. And part of that is learning to hear and identify the voice of God. Let me read to you from Luke chapter 19, verse 41. Now, as he drew near, this is talking about Jesus as he's coming into Jerusalem. It says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, Jesus is weeping, saying, if, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. He's coming to Jerusalem. If you continue to read that passage, he prophesies about how Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. It's not pleasing to him. He's weeping over it. Oh, if, you, if only you had known, if only you had known there was something that could have blessed you and, and been peace for you. What was the problem? It, it, they didn't see it. Their, their eyes weren't open to it. They couldn't perceive what God was doing in that day, in that hour, the, the blessing that God had for them in, in Jesus. And so they missed it. It, it cost them dearly. Something similar happens in people's lives where they, they don't understand the leading of God. They don't know what he wants to do in their life and through their life and what their life is about, how to handle different situations. And they, they stumble through life just trying to do the best that they can. That's not how God wants you to live your life. God wants to lead you and guide you. In John chapter 10, he said that he's the good shepherd and his sheep know his voice. So there is a steep price to pay for not knowing the voice of God, but an incredible blessing when we do learn his voice. My sheep know my voice. Now, the, the illustration of God being a shepherd and his people being sheep isn't unique to John chapter 10. That's, that's something that's uh, consistently revisited through scripture, the idea of God shepherding and we, his people, being sheep. Now, a lot of that illustration can be lost on us because shepherds aren't real common uh, where we live and in our day. I've never known that I, that I know about. I've never known someone that that was their line of work. They were a professional shepherd, but Jesus could use these illustrations and it was everyday life for them. People, people either were shepherds or were very familiar with how they operated. But do you know the significance of the voice of a shepherd in the life of a sheep? The shepherd's voice was very significant. It was one of the primary ways that the shepherd would shepherd his sheep was by his voice, how he would lead them, how he would guide them. The sheep didn't follow the shepherd visually. They weren't seeing him. They were looking at the ground. They're munching on grass. And you know, if their heads are up, they're just looking at the rear end of the sheep in front of them. They're not, you know, they're not on their hind legs like scouting and looking for the shepherd. They're not going visually which is a lot like us, right? 
We're not following Jesus visually. We need to learn to hear his voice. So what a shepherd would do, he would continually speak. He would just continue to utter his voice. And it wouldn't even be instructions like turn left necessarily. He would just vocalize. Hey, hey you can watch videos on YouTube of, of shepherds in the, in the Middle East that still operate like this, like this today. Hey, hey. Just, just continually sounding, and the, the sheep would be tuned into the voice of the shepherd, and just as they're grazing, he's leading them along, just kind of generally move in the direction of their shepherd. So it was important that they knew the voice of their shepherd, because that, that's how they made it from spot to spot, from where they were going to eat, all of their nurse. Think about the 23rd Psalm and the blessings in the 23rd Psalm of having God as your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I won't be in lack. Provision. Leads me in green meadows and peaceful streams. Refreshing. Yes. Peace. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not fear. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Protection. A lack of fear. A lack of anxiety. A lack of stress. Even in the, the, on the natural, the darkest, grimmest looking situations. No, no fear. Why? I, I know my shepherd. He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. He honors me by anointing my head with oil. All of these blessings, all of that is coming in conjunction with knowing him as your shepherd. You know, a sheep that doesn't follow his shepherd risks all the benefits of having a shepherd. If you just wander off on your own, you're, you're forfeiting the rights of having a shepherd. And how does a sheep follow the shepherd? By knowing his voice. So it is imperative that you and I, if we want the benefits of a shepherd, know how to properly respond to the voice, to the voice of the shepherd. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. A few verses later, verse 17, it says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. God doesn't want you just to stumble through life. Some Christians have that attitude that God wants to hold everything mysterious and in the dark and, and keep us guessing. And we'll even say things that sound spiritual like, well, you know, we just, you just never know. We just never know. Well, that's not what the Bible leads us, leads us to believe. It says, find out what the Lord wants you to do, which means there must be some way for us to discover and find out what it is God wants us to do. Otherwise, he's given us instructions just, just to frustrate us. Find out what the Lord wants you to do. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Galatians chapter five, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. God wants us to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in what part? Every part of your life, everywhere, at work, at home, raising your kids, interacting with coworkers, how you treat your neighbor. He wants, he wants to lead us in, in every area of, of our lives. And I, I know I'm being a little bit redundant here. I just want it to be set in our hearts that God wants to lead you, that you have the ability to hear God speak to you. It's his, it's his desire that this is for all of us. Again, not, not just for prophets, for, for, for sheep. If you're a sheep, you qualify. It's one of the privileges of belonging to him that you can hear the voice of God. He wants to lead you and guide you and direct you in every part of your life. God doesn't have favorites. Sometimes when we talk about this, you might know of someone who gets words from the Lord or shares about how God led them to do this or that and think it's just like the elite or God's favorites. God doesn't have favorites. But he does have, for lack of a, a better term, he has intimates. He has people that do seem to be favored. They're not his favorite. It's just because they, they have, they've developed a closer relationship. God wants to speak to everybody, but not everyone hears his voice. Some people miss out on the benefits of that leading, not because God doesn't want to lead them. They either haven't desired to or they haven't learned how to be sensitive to his leading. So they can appear as favorites. Uh, imagine if you are a parent, and for some of us, it's not a difficult thing to, to imagine, but imagine you are a parent, and let's say you have two children, and you go to your kids, and you frequently ask questions like, hey, does, does anyone want to run to the store with me? Anyone want to go grocery shopping? Does anyone want to help me with this project? Uh, either of you want to take a walk? Either of you want to play a game? 
Anybody want to put a puzzle together? And you throw out these, these offers, and one of your children typically says yes. Yeah, I'll run to the store with you. Yeah, let's take a walk. Yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to help you. What, what, what's, what's the project? And the other one typically says, no, no, that's okay. You go without me. It's all right. Now, if, that, if that's consistent over time, you'll get to a point where one of those children could be perceived as being your favorite because you're spending a lot of time with them. They come to know you at a different level. They, they, they hear parts of your story that you, you haven't shared otherwise. And the, the relationship has developed. It's not that you're, they're your favorite at all, right? It's just that they have been more responsive to your invitation. And so they've, they've positioned themselves to be more intimate with you, not, not out of favoritism, out of responsiveness. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God, that God has initiated relationship with each one of us. By sending Jesus, he's initiated relationship. There's an invitation to be close to him, to know him, to have fellowship with his spirit. He's, he's made the way available. But there's two parts to a relationship. And you and I can either respond and draw closer or just stay where we are. We can either move deeper. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God. And what, what does he do? And he will draw near to you. That, there, that There's... We play a role in how deep and how close we get to the Lord. We talked about it last week from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, where he says, incline your ear to hear. That if I want to hear, it's not just a matter of me going through life and saying, well, I guess God doesn't speak to me like he speaks to so-and-so. No, I haven't done what's necessary to position myself, to, to arrange my life in such a way that I can hear him and understand him when he, when he is speaking to me. We have a role to play. Isaiah chapter 55, verse three says something very similar. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. So there, hear and your soul shall live. There is a benefit, a blessing to receiving what God has for His words are spirit and they are life, but it requires us to incline our ear to learn what I need to do to be able to distinguish the voice of God. So over these next few weeks, we'll go over some guidelines, keys, however you want to title them, ways that we can incline our ears, position ourselves to know the voice of God. Before we jump into the one I want to talk about this morning, I, I want to mention a couple things, a couple things for us to keep in mind as we are developing our ability to hear the voice of God. The first one is just to be patient. Be patient in learning to hear the voice of God. Don't get discouraged. Don't decide, you know what, I just can't hear like other people can hear. It's a learning process. We are developing ourselves. You develop spiritually a lot of ways similar to how you develop physically. So let's say one day I look in the mirror and I, I see what's happening to my body and I, I say, oh man, I'm developing a dad bod. There's things I'm seeing that aren't, aren't pleasing or I take my wife's hints to do something with myself and I decide I'm gonna, I'm gonna develop some muscle and try to get some tone in my body and so I start researching and I discover there are some exercises I can do. I could do push-ups. I can do things to develop muscles in my arms, in my shoulders. I, I learn there are things I can do. Now, it would be foolish if I learned things to develop myself physically and spent the afternoon doing those things, and then the next morning when I look very similar to how I used to look, say, yeah, it doesn't work, uh, and get discouraged and quit, right? Obviously, you've got to be consistent. I've got to be committed to doing those things, and then development happens slowly but surely. I'm, I make progress. So in our, our desire to learn to hear the voice of God, we are developing ourselves. We're, we're maturing spiritually. So if you miss it, if you thought you heard God and you didn't, or you realize later, I think God was trying to speak to me and I, I missed it, don't, don't get discouraged. Say, Lord, I don't think I heard you right. Please help me develop an ear that hears you more, more clearly. You know, as you read through the word of God, there are great men and women of God that were known for hearing the voice of God that had times where, where they lacked some certainty. They, they were developed. We're, we're learners. We're, we're disciples. We're growing in our walk. So don't, don't get discouraged. We looked last week at 1 Samuel 16 when the prophet Samuel went to anoint the next king of Israel at Jesse's house. And when Jesse's first son came out, he said, surely... 
Surely this is the, the anointed of the Lord. Surely that, that, that's got to be him. I know it's him. Surely he was certain of it. And God, God had to correct him. So even Samuel at that point in his life, this isn't even his first time to anoint a king of Israel. He's been down this road before. And even at that point, God had to correct him. No, you're, you're off. You're missing it. You know the story of the apostle Peter. When Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're, you're the one. You're the son of God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It wasn't your own brains that figured this out. You didn't hear this from one of your buddies, the father. This was revelation from God. Whether, whether Peter realized it or not at the time, Jesus was clarifying. He, he had heard from God. You receive this understanding. You receive this knowing from God. He'd heard from God. But then it's just a page or two later where Jesus is talking about going to the cross and Peter has to pull him aside and say, certainly we can come up with a better plan than this. And what's Jesus say to him that time? Get behind me, Satan, right? So he had the ability to receive revelation from God at one point, but he was a learner. He was a, de he was a developer. He, was, he didn't just say, oh, forget it. This hearing from God stuff, I can't do it. We're gonna read a passage of scripture that he wrote that was inspired by the Holy Spirit here in just, just a minute. He was learning. He was developing. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. As we're learning to hear the voice of God, that's exactly what's taking place. We're learning. We're learning. The second thing to keep in mind is don't expect that God will speak to you exactly how he speaks to other people. Right. Now, there, there are certainly biblical guidelines that we want to keep in line with, right? But even in the Bible, God will speak and lead people differently. Right. He doesn't always do the exact same thing or speak the exact same way, even in the Christmas story. Think about the Christmas story, how God reveals really the same thing to different people, and he, he doesn't always do it the same way. When he dealt with Elizabeth about having John the Baptist, how did she receive that revelation? Well, an angel appeared to her husband who then lost his ability to speak and had to jot it down on a notepad. And that's how she got the revelation. When Mary found out about what God was up to at that season and time, an angel appeared to her just in the middle of the day. Her, her husband, or soon-to-be husband, had that revelation come. An angel came to him, but while, while he was sleeping, in a dream. The shepherds received it by a whole choir of angels appearing in the sky. How did the wise men find out that Jesus, Jesus was born and get led to him? It wasn't by an angel at all. They're following signs in the sky. They're following a star. So God, God can reveal things. He's God. He can do how he wants. So there's guidelines that we can apply, but don't expect when you hear someone else say, God showed me something, certainly we can learn from one another and I'll share some of my own experiences, but don't get discouraged if it seems like, you know what, when they talk about hearing God, I, I never experienced anything exactly the way that they're describing it. Well, be confident God is going to teach you to hear his voice in a way that is just right for you. Yes. With Abraham, he, he said, just, just leave home. I'll, I'll show you where to go. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll let you know when you get there, but just go. Then with the children of Israel, God led them with a, a pillar of fire, which seems like the, the more obvious way to go, right? That's what we'd like. But he, he, does, he leads differently at different times. So we're learners, it's not going to be the exact same for all of us, right? All right, the first, first guideline I want to take some time to talk about this morning. If I want to hear God's voice, if I want to develop myself, my, my spiritual ears and eyes, here's what we need to do. Fill yourself with the word of God continually. Fill yourself with the word of God. We'll, we'll get into promptings and leadings and receiving, you know, specific revelation and those kinds of things, but we've got to start with the Word of God. Everything is built on the foundation of the Word of God, and sometimes when we start talking about hearing God's voice, we want to jump to the impressive or the mystical or what seems more spiritual, and we underestimate the role of the word. Don't make the mistake of underestimating the, the word of God. Don't underestimate God's word. You know, when Jesus came, the Bible says that Jesus was the word. In John chapter one, he was the word of God. But for some people, he wasn't impressive enough. He wasn't fancy enough. He wasn't royal enough. He wasn't spiritual enough. And a lot of people underestimated the word of God, and it costs them dearly. Sometimes we, we can do that when it comes to God's word. We want some secret to hearing his voice, and the fact that I started off with saying, fill yourself with the word of God. 
We know that. I mean, let's, let's get on to something a little more, more spiritual and exciting. God speaks to us primarily through, through his word. Yes. And everything beyond his word is built on the foundation of, of his word. So we, we've got to emphasize the word, the word of God and talk about some of the ways it plays a critical role in us learning to hear and know the voice of God. Kenneth Hagin has, has four rules for hearing God's voice. Four rules for hearing God's voice. The first three of them are directly related to prioritizing the word of God. It's to, to meditate on the word of God. It's to give God's word first place in your life and to practice the word of God. 75% of his rules for hearing the voice of God just come back to just prioritizing, loving God's, God's written word. So fill ourselves continually with, with the word of God. Turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1, we'll start reading in verse 16 says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received from God the Father, or I'm sorry, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. We'll read the next couple of verses. But Peter is saying, listen, the stuff about Jesus, we know firsthand. My friends and I, we're eyewitnesses to some of this stuff. We know what we're talking about. And then he pulls out the trump card of saying, listen, there was, there was a few of us, me and a couple other guys. We got to go up on the mountain with him, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus begins to, to glow like a, a, a light. The presence of God descends and God, God speaks this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, we, we, heard, we heard the voice. This is an amazing experience. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 17. That, that's what Peter is referring back to in the verses that we just read. Now, it's important how, how he follows up on this experience because when we talk about hearing God's voice, for some of us, that's what we want. We want, we want things, you know, we start glowing and you hear a voice and this, this kind of experience with God. But he's talking about that kind of situation and pay attention to where he directs us to coming out of that kind of experience. Next, next verse. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Some translations say made more sure or more certain, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So coming out of that experience, the Mount of Transfiguration, he says it's the scripture, it's the word of God that has been made more certain or has been confirmed. He talks about how we, we heard the voice, we heard it. But he doesn't say, and ever since then, I've been waiting for another voice. I've been up on that mountain pacing around while I want to hear another voice. He uses that experience to drive him back to the scripture, to make the scripture more, more concrete and more reliable in, in his life. He, inst he emphasizes the scriptures. And he says it was confirmed. It was confirmed. The scriptures were, were confirmed. That what he heard lined up with scripture. That's important. Because people will hear a lot of things or give you words or say something or you'll have promptings or feelings or, or dreams or visions. All of it has to be built on top of the word of God or, or you can eliminate it as being from God. It's got to be confirmed by, by scripture. Confirmed by, by the word of God. That if people tell you something, hey, I feel like God's telling me to, to say this to you, or you, I feel like God might be telling me, you can know right off the bat if it, if it isn't confirming, if it isn't in alignment with what the written word of God, then, then it's, not, it's not from God. Even if it's a spiritual experience. Because not every spiritual experience is from God. 
There's other spirits at work in, in people's lives today. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said this in Galatians chapter one, verse eight. He said, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. You have angels show up. You have spiritual experiences. You have a vision. You have a voice coming out of your closet that's glowing in the middle of the night. As impressive as it might be, if it doesn't agree with the word of God, you can eliminate. He said, let it occur. Even if an angel shows up, I don't care who's telling you what. If it doesn't agree with the, with the scripture, you can eliminate it. it. It's nonsense. So we've got to know the word of God. It's the foundation that we build our lives on, but it's also the foundation we can apply to what we're hearing in the leadings that we get and what we feel like that the Holy Spirit might be showing us, it's always going to be in alignment with, with the word of God. You know, sometimes the Bible is called the canon, the canon, not canon like launching cannonballs, but canon, a, a term that comes from a word that has to do with a measuring rod, a measuring rod or a measuring stick. And the idea is that it is a standard, again, a standard for our lives, but we're applying it specifically this morning with our ability to understand and hear the voice of God, that we have this standard to hold up to and compare with anything that we're thinking or feeling or think maybe the Lord's leading us to do. It's, it's got to line up with this, with this measuring rod. So if you're going to build something and you're going to measure things, how big is a foot? Not, not your, your foot, but like a, a foot. Hold it up. How big is a foot? Oh, yeah, no 12 inches. Show me. Okay, so some of you are participating. Thank you very much. God bless you. I see that hand. I see those hands. So, uh, so you're, you're, everyone's going about like this, right? No one's got their arms stretched way out. No one's going like this. So we know about what a foot is. But if I actually had a ruler or a, a measuring tape of some sort and we rent or went around and measured what, what everyone's holding up, you'd be close, but probably very few, probably maybe none of us have it exactly 12 inches, right? So we can know it, it, seems, it seems about right, but it can be a different story when we get an actual standard involved. If we were gonna build something based on everyone just holding up measurements and I say, okay, okay measure that board seven feet. Why don't you measure that? And we'll measure that five feet. And we start putting it together. We would have a mess on our hands because everyone's just kind of a guess. I know, I'm, I know that I'm close. It seems, it seems right. It feels right. It feels like, it feels like that's a foot. Well, sometimes when it comes to words and promptings, it, it can sound right, it can feel good. It seems, it seems appropriate, but what about when I get a standard involved to hold up against it? I might find that it's actually, it's actually not right. You know, should I marry a man or a woman? Well, it's a done deal now. I've married a woman. I'm not actually asking the question. But just, it might be a ridiculous example, which is becoming less ridiculous and not that crazy of a question to ask in our, in our culture, but you could make an argument and it sounds, it sound good and right. I mean, it's love, right? I mean, who's going to say who, who I love and love wins. And, you know, I could use that kind of language and it sound really good. And like, it would be okay for a man to marry a, another man until I get a standard involved. And it's no longer just what you think and what I feel. And this seems good. And I even had this weird dream about it. I got this, this standard to, to bring into the situation and realize as much as that sounded good, it's actually, it's actually not right. Okay. Can I see that level real quick? So I, I I just carry tools around with me. That's the kind of, that's the kind of guy that I am. <laughs> no, nobody believed that. So I, I was carrying this this morning and someone saw it and said, oh, you, did you see some things that seemed like they were, they were out, of, out of levels, some things that were, were off a little bit? It's kind of making a joke, but that, that's what this is for, right? That we, when you look around at stuff, you can say that that looks straight, that looks level, but we don't really know. We're just guessing until there's got to be some, something I can bring into the equation to really determine, is this ready to be built on? Is this ready to, to hold a, 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 as a foundation, something to put on top of it? There's got to be some kind of standard, and the Word of God is that standard. So you could look at that table, and maybe you could say, uh, that, that, looks, that looks level. Level? Does it look level to you? Or maybe you look at it and say, actually, I think it's leaning to the left ever so, ever so slightly, and we have different takes and different perspectives. Maybe it looks different to you over there than you over there, and we've got all, all these different kind of vantage points. There's got to be something that we can bring in to, to, to determine what are we actually 
dealing with. I don't know how you put it down this time, Dozer, but now it's last service, it was level. Did you make some adjustments for the sake of my illustration? <laughs> Bent this table over a little bit? So it might look level, but it's actually a little bit lower on this side. We'd never know that unless there was some, some kind of standard to get involved. And the same thing is true in our lives. And the, the, one of the ways that God's word serves us is that standard to bring in. Again, we can apply it to any, anywhere in our lives as a standard. But certainly when it comes to hearing things and getting prompt things and, and learning to hear the voice of God, the Bible says there's lots of voices. There's lots of voices out there. We've got to be able to determine the the voice of God, the voice of God. How do we determine it? And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well, you do well to heed as a light that shines in the dark. You do well to heed it, to cling to it, to value it. Heed it as what? To heed this, to value it, to cling to it, to cherish it. He says like it's a light. Value it like you would a light. And not just a light, like you would value a light when you're in a dark place. When you're in a dark place, a light is very valuable. Have you ever felt like you were in the dark in a situation? I don't know what to do about what's going on at work. I don't know uh, how I should handle the situation with my kids. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do this or do that. I just feel like I'm in the dark. I'm, in, I'm just in the dark on this. You need a light. He says to heed the word of God like it is, like it's a light when, 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 you're, in, when you're in the dark. That it brings revelation. The entrance of God's word brings light. It brings illumination. Listen to what it says in Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. So God's word, again, it's the primary way that God's going to speak to us. It's the number one way that God's going to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. God has spoken to you. So just like you can, God can be speaking to you in some other way and you don't recognize it. A lot of people don't recognize that he's speaking to us through his word. They're waiting for something else when they're ignoring how he has spoken to us. So he speaks to us through his word in a general sense that we can read passages of scripture and it applies, it applies to all of us. You know, that, that illustration of marriage, that's not just like what I feel like God's word saying. That applies to all of us, right? So there's God's general, general revelation through his word that we can know his will. And God's word speaks to every area of our lives. God's word speaks to our financial situation, how we handle our money. God's word speaks about how we handle our relationships. It talks about how we're supposed to handle dating, how we're supposed to handle marriage, how you're supposed to handle our sexual relationships. Notice the order that I put those in that was intentional. So it speaks to all of those things. It speaks about parenting, relating with your kids, relating with your parents. It talks about being an employee or an employer. God's word speaks to, about being a neighbor. It speaks to every, every aspect of our life. God's word is so practical. Some people don't know what what they do when it's already clearly revealed in scripture or they get themselves in terrible situations that they could have totally avoided if they would have just allowed this to be a, a, a lamp for their feet and a light to their path. They had the light. They were just failing to apply it. So God's word speaks to our lives generally, but God's word is, is more than just that because Jesus said, my, my words, that what I speak to you, it's spirit yes. and it's life. God's word is alive. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful or living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That God's word is living. It's alive. It's alive. It might not make sense to our natural mind, but we can trust that it is. It's, it's alive, it's living and it's active. And because it's living and active, not only can it speak to us generally, but it can also turn itself into personal communication and speak to us very, very directly because it's, it's spirit in nature. It's not just information, it's not a textbook. In its very nature, it is its spirit. And so it can speak to us directly. You know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, I'll, I'll share something from God's word that is general 
applies to all of us. And sometimes someone will come up to me and say, hey, I know you were talking just to me this morning. And that was exactly what I need to hear. You were talking right to me. I don't know anything about that. That's the Holy Spirit and the power of God's word to move from general to specific, specific communication, personal communication. 1 Samuel 3.21 says this, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. What, What did the Lord do? He appeared. It's talking about God appearing. How does he appear? Does he appear in a vision? Does he appear in bodily form? Does he appear in some bright light? The Lord appeared again, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel and Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God made his appearance. He made his appearance through his word. We underestimate the power of God's word and its ability to speak directly, personally, specifically in our situations. Have you ever had a time where a verse or a passage moved from just generally being a great verse or a great truth and it just, it, you knew, God, God, you are speaking directly to me in this season, what I'm going through? That verse just became personal communication. You ever have that happen? I'll share one time that happened to me. Joshua chapter one, verse nine. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's it's a nice verse, right? Maybe you've got a coffee cup with that verse on the side of it. It's nice. Or a poster, a plaque in your house with that verse. You've heard that verse a lot of times. It's a nice verse. It's true for all of us. Something God was speaking to Joshua that we can all encourage ourselves with, that we can be bold, we can be strong, we can be courageous, we can know that God God is with us. Wonderful verse, great truth. But there was a time in my life where it moved from that to being something so specific and so personal. It was actually right after I had the opportunity to, to move from being a youth pastor into, into this position, and I was overwhelmed and scared and nervous, and, and that someone spoke that verse to me, and it, it became personal to me. It became so sweet and so encouraging. I knew God was speaking to all of us through it. He was speaking originally to Joshua, but there was a season in my life where I knew he was speaking to Luke Bruger in that season, in that spot. He was telling me I could be strong and of good courage and I could be confident that he was with me. It it was amazing to have the voice of God come into my life, not not through some wind blowing through my room and a voice speaking out of the sky, but a, a passage of scripture that any of us could read, but the Holy Spirit made it come alive. God appeared to me, so to speak, through his word. It it moved from general truth to specific personal revelation. God's word has the ability to do that in our lives. For the word of God is living. It's living and powerful. So it says the the word of God is a, a lamp, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, there's a path that all of us should be traveling on. It's a path that all of us should be living our lives in alignment with. And God's word lights that up, illuminates that path. But it's also a lamp for my feet. It's a lamp for my feet on that path that's true for all of us. What about my feet? What about where I'm supposed to be stepping on this path? So it's, it's general revelation. It's, it's true for all of us, but it's also specific and personal. God speaks to us through his word. His word is living and it's active. For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So another way that God's word serves us in learning to hear his voice is it helps us learn what his voice is like. That it's able to divide, it says, between soul and and spirit. And when people are trying to learn to discern the voice of God, a lot of times that's where the confusion is between soul and spirit. The, the Bible says that we're made up of three parts that you live in a body, right? You've got this earth suit that we live in. You are a spirit, you're a spiritual being, and you have a soul. And your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And a lot of times when you're wanting to hear the voice of God. Maybe you've even said something like this. I'm, I, I'm not sure if that was me. 
I don't know if God was speaking to me. I don't know if God was telling me to do that, or if it was just my own mind, if it was just my own emotions. I don't know if it's something I was feeling, or I don't know if that's what God wants me to do, or maybe that's just what I want to do. You're having a hard time determining between your spirit man, which is where God speaks to us, and your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And it says that God's word functions in our life in a way that's able to help us discern. It can divide between the two. So part of it, we can understand how it applies, but part of it, it's, it's because it's spiritual in nature. That as I fill myself with the word of God, as, as I hide it in my heart, it does something that I'm able to see clearly. The distinction between my, my spirit man and my soulish man grows more and more obvious as I, I hide God's word in my heart and as I continually fill myself with the word of God. Part of it, though, is just learning to hear, learning to hear God speak and becoming a accustomed to his voice. When I was in eighth grade, I was in concert band. I played the trumpet. First seat, trumpet player, if you were wondering. And our, our band teacher's name was Mr. Rudolph. Mr. Rudolph was a big, heavy set guy. Um, and he was just one of those teachers that you, you, kind of connected with beyond just being a teacher. We just, a few of my friends and I, we just liked being around Mr. Rudolph to the point where, where after school was over, we'd go up to the band room and he would just let us hang out there and mess around with instruments and talk to him and just kind of one of those teachers that you have that connection with. And one of the games that we liked to play with, with Mr. Rudolph was we could go to the big piano that he had in, in that room and we could hit any key. And he could be off, you know, at his desk doing papers or not paying attention at all. And you could hit any key and, and then ask him to come and tell you what key that was. And he'd come and without hesitation, he would know exactly which, which note it was. He wouldn't have to plink around and figure it out and then his ear would recognize it. He, he could just distinguish. His ear was so tuned in with that piano, he knew instant. We, we'd even try to play a couple of notes at a time, notes that didn't even go together to try to confuse him. But he would come and he would know, oh, it was these two. He, he would just know that. Now, the way that he developed that ability was because he spent so much time at the piano that even when he wasn't at the piano, he was off doing whatever, when that, when that piano would sound, he would know exactly what he was hearing through the amount of time that he'd spent at the piano. And the word of God is the same way, that we, we can fill ourselves with the word of God and learn to recognize the voice of God. We become familiar with what it sounds like when he speaks. So when you're not at the piano, when I'm not reading my Bible, I'm just going about my day, I'm driving the car, I'm, I'm at work, I'm at the grocery store, and I hear that, that note sound, when I hear that voice, I instantly recognize it. That, that's not my emotions, that's not my mind, that's not my will. I know that voice, that's the voice of God. As I hide God's word in my heart, I fill myself continually with the word, with the word of God. The Bible says deep calls to deep. God, God's word is deep. And as I fill, fill my life, fill my mind with the depths of the word of God, then when that same Holy Spirit that wrote this begins to speak deep calls to deep, it's like it's magnetized to one another. And what I've hidden in my heart, it, it confirms, it lines up, it registers with that, that thought that just popped into my mind. And I know it wasn't just me. I know, Holy Spirit, I know your voice. Because deep calls, it lines up with what I've, I've so filled myself with. You can learn to hear the voice of God just by spending time in the word of God. If you want to be able to have God lead you at the grocery store, speak a word to you while you're at work. Just reveal something to you randomly as you go about your day. The way that you step into that is continually filling yourself with the word of God. Just like learning to hear someone else's voice. I know my wife's voice but I didn't used to know her voice. It was a time when I heard it for the first time. Now, some of you who don't know her well, if, I, if there was 100 women speaking and she was one of them, and I said, pick out the voice of Beth Brueger, it would just be a, you know, a shot in the dark for you. You have a, 100 women speaking for me, I would know, I would know exactly which one was my wife. I, I know her voice. I've been subjected to it for 20, 20 <laughs> Just kidding. I've been blessed to hear that voice. But just through, through, 
through an amount of time spent, you'd have a hard time fooling me. You could try to sound like her. Now, I know that's not my wife. I know, I know her voice. I've heard her speak, even if I was blindfolded, on the phone, I, she wasn't there, I couldn't see, I, I would be able, my ear is tuned to her voice. And spending time in the word of God tunes our heart to know, to know the voice of God. Let's look at one more passage, Hebrews chapter five. Hebrews chapter five, talking about developing our ability to hear hear God speak. Hebrews chapter five, starting in verse nine. It says, in having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Now we'll read the next few verses, but we kind of pick this up in the, in the middle of what is being shared with us. It's talking about revelation of who Jesus is, how he's been made a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, talking about this wonderful revelation about Jesus. And then he stops and says, we've got, we've got so much more to say. And we know this isn't just the apostle Paul writing this. We already read it from second Peter chapter one, all scripture. It's written not by man, but by the Spirit of God as he moved men to write it. So this is the Holy Spirit essentially speaking, saying, man, there's, I want to show you more. There's more I want to reveal to you, but you're making it hard. I'm, I'm going to have to just hold up right here. I'm not going to be able to go any further. And what I, I want to show you, why? It says because you've become dull of hearing. That there's an ability for us to dull our sense of hearing. So let's read these next few verses and find out what in the world did these people do with the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak? I want to show you stuff. There's more I want to say. I want to explain things. I want to make things more clear to you. I I can't. It's it's too hard to explain because you've dulled your sense of hearing. Verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use, reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He's talking about the word of righteousness, the word of God. By this time, you guys should be teaching others. Where did they get snagged up? Where did they dull their hearts? Where did they clog their ears so they couldn't hear? If you're still a baby. You haven't matured where you can hear more. Why? Because it's by reason of use. It's by exercising. It's by doing what God has already told you to do. By, re, by reason of use and by exercise that we move on to maturity. So when we don't exercise, when we don't use it, we dull our hearts. We dull our hearts when it comes to hearing obedience trains our ears to hear. Obedience trains your ear to hear. If you want to hear God speak, make sure that you're living in alignment with the things that you already know to do, that you're not compromising in little areas of your life. I know God's word says that I'm supposed to do this in my relationship, and I'm pretty much doing that, but I'm, you know, if you held up the the can and the measuring line, you'd find that I was off here and I'm not being great in my relationship or maybe I'm off in my finances and I'm doing something a little bit shady over here. I'm looking at some things I probably shouldn't be looking at, but what I really want is I want God to speak to me over here. Well, you've dulled your sense of hearing. He's not gonna speak to you over here until you unstop, even if he wants to. I mean, there's so much I wanna show. I want to speak to you there, but it's too hard. You've stopped up your ears because you haven't been walking in obedience in these different areas. Walking in alignment, obeying God's word trains our ears to know his voice and disobedience causes you to go spiritually deaf. You're spiritually deaf, unable. The Holy Spirit even says, I wanna talk to you. I can't get through to you. You're disobedient. You're dull of hearing. You've lost your ability to hear. Maybe there's an area in your life where you know you're compromising and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal because lots of people do it. Well, no, it's, it's a big deal because you're sacrificing. 
You're sacrificing knowing his voice. And when you sacrifice knowing his voice, you sacrifice his effectiveness as a shepherd. And when you sacrifice him being your shepherd, all the benefits of being led by the good shepherd, you just put them all in jeopardy. There's too much at risk to allow your ears to become dull of hearing. Un unstop our ears. Obedience trains our ears. Maybe there's an area you need to hear the voice of God. One thing you can do, find a scripture, find a passage, and just launch out in obedience. Just throw yourself into obedience. Begin to apply God's word to your life like you, like you never have before, and you're tuning your ear. You're softening. You're doing the opposite of, of dulling your, your ear. You're sensitizing your ear as you launch yourself into complete obedience, serving God with all of your heart like you never have before, serving your spouse like you never have before, honoring your father and mother like you never have before. Find some area. I, well, I don't, I want to hear over there. I do know that I'm supposed to do this. I'm going to throw myself into it and commit myself like never before to walk in the word of God, to allow it to be that lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And as you do that, you, you're if disobedience dulls our hearing, radical obedience causes us to be fine-tuned to the voice, to the voice of God. And God's word, God's word teaches us it is his voice. It is his voice. I, I heard someone talking about ear, ear exams one time. I thought this was interesting, that when they test someone's hearing, you, maybe you've had this done before, they play different tones back and forth, and you, I'm hearing it in my right ear, I'm hearing it in my left ear. Well, there's certain tones that are very low. And with those low tones, a lot of times, when they play them, pe people don't even realize that they're hearing them. And so what they have to do when they're playing them, the person says, I'm, I'm not hearing anything, and the doctor's confident, no, you are hearing it, you just don't know that you're hearing it, that they turn the volume way, 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 way up. And they, they, okay, now, yeah, I know that tone. And then they drop it back down to where it was before. And after having it turned up, then they can recognize it. Then they can know, okay, that's what I'm listening for. Okay, that, yep, that's what I'm listening for. And they, they learn what it is that they're even looking for with their ear. God's word is like having it turned up to be very clear. You know when you open this book, God is speaking. It's, it's the voice of God. It's all inspired by the Holy, Holy Spirit. And you turn up the volume. So again, so when you're not at the book, you, you know what you're listening for. You, you know what you're listening for. Let me share two more things and then we're gonna pray. The first is your next memory verse. Psalm 85, verse eight. The first part says this, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace. I will hear. I will hear, just to get that in our hearts. I know I will hear the voice of God. I'm gonna get clear and clear. I will hear the voice of the Lord God speak and he will speak peace. It's gonna be such a blessing to me. It's gonna be peace. He's gonna lead me and guide me. I will hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace. I encourage you to memorize that. Sow that into your heart. Let it build, build faith. I will hear what God will speak. Something I've shared with you before, and I just want to share it again, just as a, a, something practical to do to learn to hear God's voice. Every morning, spend time in God's word and keep a notebook close by. Keep a journal, have, have something. Get a notebook if you don't have one. And as you read God's word, write down the date and then write something that he spoke to you, even if it doesn't seem like some magical revelation that changed your life. Something that stood out to you, that your favorite verse of, of the chapter or two that you read, what, what's the verse you liked the best? What's the one that seemed like, okay, that was somewhat applicable? R write it down, and as you keep that journal, go back and read what, what you wrote down yesterday, last week, last month. And sometimes as you get perspective, you can look back, and I, I didn't realize it in the moment, but you know what, now that I'm looking back, I, that was God speaking to me. I thought it was just you know, the verse that I, I liked the best out of that chapter. 
like that God was speaking to me and you're learning to hear the voice of God. But if you don't write it down, that's a key part of it. If you're not journaling and, and keeping a record, you don't have to write three pages, write, write two sentences. It's like God spoke to me from this verse or just this, I liked this verse and write, re, write it down. If you don't write it down, you, you don't have the opportunity to gain that perspective and begin to see, you know what? That little prompting, that little bit of like, just like that. I'm just drawn to that verse. That was God speaking to me. And you start, it's a still small voice, but we, we've got to be sensitive to it. Kenneth Hagin said, people, people miss, miss the spiritual because they're, they're looking for the fantastic. They, they, it, it's supernatural. So for a supernatural being, it's very, it's very natural. It, it, it's not the mystical thing. Sometimes we, we miss that. Just get a journal and write down what you feel like God is speaking. If you have a, a notebook with you this morning, in just a moment, we're gonna take a, a moment to pray and worship the Lord. Just in services like this, write down what you feel like God is speaking to you, even if you're not 100% certain, right? We're learners. We're, we're figuring this out. We're, we're learning and developing. And if I don't write it down, I can't go back and get perspective and say, you know what? And, and I've done that before. I, I've had times where I've written stuff down and thought, I'm glad I didn't. Glad I didn't say that out loud to anybody. But other times where it's like, you know what? God, God was speaking to me. I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm keeping a digest of learning to hear, learning to hear the voice of God. It's a great practical way to learn to hear God's voice. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.